Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. running low on comparisons to, then that can only mean one thing, that you are on live on the greatest neo-soul show on the web, powered by xtheL.com. I'm the one and only Q-Man, and along with my partner T. Mitch, we are about to deliver to you 60 Minutes Neo-Soulgasm. What's going on, man? I'm, I'm feeling good. You know, it's been almost almost a month since I have been able to speak with our listeners and talk to our family about something neo-soul related, man. I just got, I feel like I've been away for so long. How's everything, man? Is the house still in order? <laughs> yeah, man, we hanging in there, man. How's everything with you? Well, you know, man, you know, I, I, I missed the first show because I was out in the city, you know, scoping out talent. I was down in um, the Bowery District listening to some up-and-coming neo-soul artists, and then they mentioned that Macklemore was at the Garden, so we ended up at the Garden, and that was amazing. And shout-out to um, Carissa, the violin diva. I did catch the end of a very good interview, I must say. Q-Man was her. That was fun. Um, shout out to Terry Tobin for, for stepping in for me so eloquently in my absence. And it's just yes. been a lot. And then and then after that, obviously, you know, Thanksgiving is my all-time favorite holiday. It's the only holiday that is not commercialized in some economical way. It's just it's about the food and family. I don't see it. I only I don't pay attention to commercials. It's just the food and the family. And mm-hmm. even though sometimes the family gets on my nerve, they make up for it with the food. So <laughs> I, I, I love Thanksgiving. And last week we had some um, some technical difficulties. Shout out to the Mighty Ox for stepping in and helping us out and um, you know playing music for us on the show because I was unable. 
music to, to be on air because I was in transit to family for Thanksgiving. So big shout out to him. How was Thanksgiving for you? Oh, it was great, man. I mean, you know, just another day to work. But other than that, it was great. A lot of eating. Right, right. You still got leftovers? Because we don't have any in my house. Nah, man, there's no leftovers. Come on. I'm trying to find some leftovers. I'm trying to find some. I'm I'm trying to partake of different people's Thanksgiving experiences, like to make my Thanksgiving experience that much better. (laughs) Good luck finding leftovers. Y'all just don't get it. There is a fat person trapped inside me, and every November I just get extremely happy. Like, I love this holiday in ways that I cannot explain to you guys. So, I had an absolutely great time, and I'm very excited to be back tonight. We'll be getting makeup for lost time, and we're going to, um, you know, bring you guys a Wednesday Rewind. We didn't get a chance to do that with you for the month of November, so we got a really, really good one lined up tonight. I'm still sending text messages and tweets out to everybody because I... The one thing that I don't like is when you have, you know, our our faithful and loyal listeners communicate to us and say, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed that show. So I'm trying to let everybody know who we're spotlighting tonight so that we don't have that issue because this one transcends, you know, time and, and age gaps and any other difference that we normally have on the show. So we're going to have a real good time tonight. Huh? Looking forward to that. Before we get into all of that, there were some things that I wanted to talk about. You know, the Cuban and I like to go back and forth about our favorite football teams. Um, normally, this is an easy conversation because the Giants would be leading the division and both of our teams would suck. But yeah. we're kind of in this lost space right now where we don't really know how to deal with each other because Dallas and Philly are both tied for first place in the NFC East. So there are times when I want to send him a text message, and then I see that Philly won, and so I don't send a text message. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that there are times that that goes the other way, where it's like he wants to see how I'm doing, and then Des Brand will catch a touchdown, and it's like, uh, do I really want to talk to him right now? So yeah. we're kind of in this weird place right now with both of our teams being in, um, being tied in first place and have one more game coming up, which I think you said on air and it's recorded that you were going to make sure that the next time they play, we were going to get together and do this football thing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to watch the game together. We're going to each wear our paraphernalia and things like that. Absolutely. You know what's making it difficult is, as good as both teams are playing, you know only one team is going to make the playoffs. The other one's not. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I really don't know that. And I, I, the reason I don't know that is because the Saints showed me on Monday night that they're not as invincible as I thought they were, mm. which to me kind of says. Carolina may be able to beat them twice and if Carolina is able to beat them twice and we both keep playing the way we're playing there's a very good chance that the NFC East could get some teams in Green Bay is about mm-hmm. the bottom is falling out of Green Bay <laughs> I don't know what's going on in Chicago 
Detroit just always seems like one minute they want to win the division and then they remember that they're playing Detroit and just stop playing. <laughs> so, it, I, to be honest, two weeks ago, I would have agreed with you. There was only going to be one team, but now... I'm not. I'm not too. I'm not too sure about that. Like the 49ers. Ah, yeah, oh, who do we have? We got Chicago, which could be a shootout. Their defense is horrible. Yeah. So you know, if we win, we good, man. Yeah, we play you guys the last game of the season, which will be very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's something to look into. It might be for everything. I know my fantasy football, all my, everybody that's doing fantasy football, big shout-out to everybody that made the playoffs. Good luck next year to everybody else that, you know, found out you're not as great of a GM as you thought you are. <laughs> I am in the playoffs in all three of the leagues that I am in. Shout-out to Tink's Touchdowns, who's in first place in our NFL league at 11-1. I got Who? Still flabber- Tink's Touchdowns. That's not who it sounds like, is it? That is exactly who it sounds like. He's 11 and oh, 1 in the first God. place in the league. I, I I think I'm gonna have to play her in the first round of the playoffs. So I have been I have been on the waiver wire. I am I am doing what I need to do because Calvin Johnson, Reggie Bush, and Drew Brees have just been carrying her team all season long. So you know I'm gonna do what I can do to to get a victory for mankind. Two things that I want to mention and definitely hear what you say about them. All right. First, Paul Walker. That, that was next on my list. Let me tell you. I was at, First off, I want to give a not-so-positive-yet-not-so-negative shout-out to every person. And I had an adjective lined up for you, but I have since been told that um, even though it's a nice word, the context that I was using it in was very derogative, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> To all of you, quote, unquote, this is my air quotes, fans who think that Paul Walker is only known for the Fast and the Furious movies, I say to you, please Google that actor, see the philanthropy that that actor has been a part of, and please see that he was a known star before Mm -hmm. he and Vin Diesel got in cars and driving. So... Mm -hmm. With that said, I am. I was shocked. Um, when the person called me and said to me, "Oh my God, did you just hear that Paul Walker died in a car crash?" I will not lie to you. The first thing that I said was, "Wow, how ironic is that?" Because he spent most of his time driving recklessly in a car, that he would die not being the driver in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And I always say, "Without his God is not without a sense of irony." But I'm great actor. I know the first time I saw Paul Walker was he was the quarterback in Varsity Blues that got injured before James Vanderbeek came in. And then he became the then he became the coach at the end of the movie. Varsity Blues is a good movie. Um he You're was an animal. What did you say? Mm-hmm. Yes, he was You're an animal for remembering that. Oh yeah, man, that's my movie, man. I, I loved him in that movie. I like any movie where the players rise up against the coach. So I love Varsity Blues. <laughs> I, I remember him in Skulls. 
And there's a couple of other movies that I know he's in that I, I can't even tell you the titles of them, but I, I liked him in those movies. So that was one of the reasons I went to see The Fast and the Furious. I am not mm-hmm. a Vin Diesel fan. I've never been a Vin Diesel fan. I think the Chronicles of Riddick were ridiculous. I went because <laughs> I know who Paul Walker is. That man is a very good actor. I think if you had to put him in a category, he's the Robin Thicke of acting. He's that white guy that's cool enough that he can chill with black people. Mm. And I like him. I like Paul Walker. I really do. That I is a loss. Man, that is a loss. I don't think people truly understand how big of a loss in that entertainment field that is, but that is a big, big loss. And our condolences definitely go out to his family. And I am, I'm, I'm already researching, um, like I said, the philanthropy, and I know he has a foundation that's out that I know now the proceeds of all of the movies that are sold like the fans for first Final Fantasy 6 DVD and 7, 8, and 9 that they already signed on to do I know a lot of those movies the money for those movies are going to his, his charities and his foundation I'm already looking into seeing like you know what I can donate things of that nature but that was very very shocking I always expect men in film to like be like Sean Connery and, and literally like 70 something years old or Humphrey Bogart and those guys so very very shocked <laughs> 40 years old and gone crazy so. crazy man so yeah huh. I was a big fan of his also very very tough now the other thing I wanted to mention okay did you know that they cast the actress who will play Wonder Woman today. No, I, I heard rumors that that was going to mm-hmm. be done today, but I did not hear that it was officially done. Yes, in the upcoming Batman Superman movie, Wonder Woman will will be in it. Okay, that's that's big enough in and of itself that they're finally going to give her like not some little cameo or some 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 rumor role, but she's actually going to be a part of one of those franchises that's big enough itself and ironically she is a woman from the Fast and Furious franchise is it Michelle Rodriguez no oh my god that would be my dreams true there's never going to be a Spanish Wonder Woman <laughs> okay so who, who who has been who has been blessed and given the opportunity to play Wonder Woman Okay, now don't fight me because I don't know this woman's name, okay? Okay. But you know that Israeli woman that was dating the Asian guy. Right, the one that, yeah, I know who you're talking about, yeah. The tall, skinny one. Yeah, I can see, I can see that. Really? I can see that. Yeah, because hmm. she's supposed to be, not in this, okay, I can see it because she she is supposed to be... Like Amazonish, and she has that that figure of being like real tall, and we already see her as this, this domineering, strong female. I can kind of see that. Hmm. You couldn't see it, huh? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely see it. See it. I, I I see it. And you know what? It's funny. She kind of looks like the way they created the character, and um the video game that has all of the superhero characters in it that's mm-hmm. keeping my mind at the moment she looks a mm-hmm. lot like the way they created Wonder Woman the character in that game now when you say that yeah mm. yeah I can I can I can I can see that they're gonna have to 
they are gonna have to like she's gonna have to have her hair down and things like that. But yeah, shout out to Terry Tobin in the chat room game with her name Gal Gadot. Yeah, she they're gonna have to change her look a little bit. Gonna have to let her hair down, and she may have to put some. I want to I want to make sure I say this the right way. She's gonna <laughs> have to um. She's gonna have to get wider in some places to play Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that the rumors were not correct and Beyonce did not get the role as a Wonder Woman. What? <laughs> yeah, a lot of rumors that Beyonce had um, auditioned for the role and they were leaning toward giving it to her. Yeah, I know Wonder Woman. Course. Wonder Woman. Had, yeah, Wonder Woman had curves, but. No Beyonce. I, I wouldn't have bought that. <laughs> Man, I don't need my Wonder Woman calling everybody sugar. Oh, you're right. Yeah, like Foxy Cleopatra. That was the worst thing. <laughs> Where's Booney, man? Well, we I'm, need I'm, a lot I'm, of time to talk about them. I'm checking on them now. I'm, I'm getting text messages from a lot of people because, again, people can't believe that we're, you know, spotlighting who we're spotlighting tonight. Um, I'm checking on his location. That's all you got for me, man. I thought you were gonna ask me about Derrick Rose and the knees. Yeah, I'm. I can't even get into that, man. It's it's just ridiculous. I feel for the brother, man. But you know that normally happens where you you get a, an athlete that has you know structural damage to one knee. And you know, they spend so much time rehabbing that knee that they don't really pay too much attention to the other one. Derrick Rose, man, that joke must be messing with them big girls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Was not expecting that one. <laughs> Joey keep tearing his meniscus, bro. He's messing with them big girls. I don't even know how to respond to that. Oh, my God. Um... Shout out, shout out to, to the big girls. I wasn't going to say that. Um, shout out to <laughs> all of our, our friends in Neosville. I know SNIV had a private affair um, last month. Uh, Micah Chevalier is going to be at Blues Alley. Well, actually, she was at Blues Alley um, a week ago. And I know we got a lot of Christmas events coming up. So if there's any Christmas songs, Christmas albums, Christmas events, shoot us an email at the Neil Soul Show at gmail.com. Let us know what you got going on so we can let everybody else know what's going on. Hmm. Because I'm trying oh, to see a Christmas show this year, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, man. Hmm. Oh, the woman's name is Gal Gaddett. Yeah, we said that like 15 minutes ago. Terry Tobin put that in the chat room. Hey, man, I'm slower, right? I see some things haven't changed. So do me a favor, and, you know, we talked about the last show. The last show that was done, it was a while ago. But like I said earlier, and I'll say again now because she's in the chat room, big shout-out to Terry Tobin for stepping in for me when I was away scouting talent and losing my freaking mind and my ethnicity at that Macklemore concert. Um, real quickly, how was the show with... um? Carissa, the violin, Diva, because I heard there was a lot of, um, you know, interesting things you guys talked about and the foundation that, that she's a part of and, you know, artists with AIDS and things like that. Not that she has AIDS, but to rephrase that. But how was all of that? Oh, we had a great show, man. 
Uh, she was um, very informative. She was fun. She had a lot to talk about. We had a good time. We we had a really good show. It was really, really good. Really good. So I, I do plan on replaying the show. Like I said, I caught the end of it. I, and, and I got a lot of... See, you always feel like when I'm away, people are watching. Nobody was watching. But I got a lot of feedback from listeners that it was a really, really good show. And they weren't saying it like, oh, dude, you wasn't there. We was expecting trash. They said it like, <laughs> that was just a really, really good show. And I think they were, it was like, I got a lot, yo, it was cool seeing it. It was cool hearing Terry on the show. It was cool with Terry hosting. You guys should do that more often. Like, see if you can get past guests, come host the show. Like, you can get artists to host the show. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. cool. That's something we'll look into. Hmm. So that's what we'll do. Now, he's on the line, Q. You just ask for him. He is on the line. All now, right. Are we bringing him on to talk about anything in particular or are we just jumping right into it because I kind of wanted to play some music first because you know we have a lot of songs I wanted to get a couple of the the, the really really well known songs I don't want to use the phrase out the way because if it was up to me I have so much respect for Mike I would just play all of these songs and make Mike wait T. Mitch we can't play any songs I want to hear all the good info he's going to give us okay so then Ladies and gentlemen, like we, well, I know this is not the third Wednesday, but like we said, we all, you know, when holiday seasons come around, you got to be adaptable. You got to be able to, to move and bounce and shake and roll with the punches. So this is the day that worked out best for the three of us. So we can just say that it's three the hard way Wednesday. And we're going to bring you guys the Wednesday Rewind. And arguably my, my favorite Wednesday Rewind, because as I stated, there is no, no, generational gap you all know this group period everyone you know it you love the song you sing it in the shower you might add words that are not actually the lyrics but you still sing the song and we give you kudos for that so without further ado the chancellor soul is here like he is every wednesday when we do the wednesday rewind <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen i give you mike bone bone Fellas, how y'all doing this evening? What's going on, Every, man? Everything, Everything is lovely. Good, good, good. First of all, before we get started, I want to apologize to you guys and the listeners uh, for that little emergency that I had, you know, uh, last one. We couldn't do the third uh, Wednesday. Um, you know, it's something that came up, you know, emergency, and something that's going to be helped. So I want to apologize to you guys and the listeners out there for last month's, uh, you know, emergency <laughs> so I just want to get that you know no problem quick question before mm. you get started yes. T. Mitch said that the three of us are three the hard way so if that was the case which person would you be me let's see Jim Kelly <laughs> <laughs> I love Jim Kelly I'm a Jim Kelly, Kelly fanatic okay we're not going to talk about this now we he wanted to gonna be talk about this now, but just know I'm gonna have to send you the picture of me and him together, Booney. Oh, okay. I love to see it. I met him two years ago. Wow. That that was my hero, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. He was the hero of the neighborhood when uh, 
First time, well, of course, with Into the Dragon, you know, uh, he became international star. But we saw him in the movie Melinda, and everybody was wondering who was that guy that was doing all those kicks and whatever, you know. And, and of course, the girls they love him because of his good looks as well, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he was definitely the hero. And then you know what it was is that he was really a hero in the Afro Afro American community. 40 years ago because I mean there was really no black guys out there that was doing well they probably was but Jim was out there he was the one that was seen the most in in most of the movies that we looked up to you know and so Jim was a hero you know and he's definitely going to be missed you know okay we're going to do a show on that team Mitch just so you know but you know what <laughs> that's another time that it is <laughs> Without her, Q-Man continues to stall and and, and take time away. We are live with the Chancellor of Soul, and tonight on the Wednesday Rewind, we are spotlighting the the iconic, groundbreaking, legendary Jackson 5. Yes. Yes. Another group of people that were heroes to our community. It's no question. Well, everybody's community, just about. But they were the ones that we really, really, really looked up to because, you know, after the Beatles, you know, not to play a race card here, but when Kennedy was assassinated, you know, a couple of months later, the Beatles came here in 64, and they took the world by storm. They changed pop culture, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. And then about six, seven years later, well, actually about, I would say maybe four, five years later, Here's this group of guys, young guys, good-looking guys from Gary, Indiana, that also took the world by storm, you know, and they were African-American. And we had our own, they were like our own Beatles, you know, when they first came out. And they, I mean, it was just, they just shocked, they just shocked the world, you know. And when I first saw them, um, the first time I saw them, I saw the marquee at the Apollo uh, in the late 60s when they did a show with Sam and Dave in the Unifix. And this is the first time, well, it's like the, the second or third time at the Apollo because they had one amateur night there. And uh, uh-huh. they were competing against, uh, well, they won the show with the five stair steps. So, you know, there was a, well, Clarence, you know, Clarence Burke, rest in peace, you know, but uh, there was a rivalry between the five stair steps and the Jackson Five because the Jackson Five, you know, kind of outshined them, you know, and just kind of stepped over them or whatever, you know. Which both groups, uh, and I love the stair steps. I am a fanatic of the stair steps. When the J Five came, man, it was it was no stopping them. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know. And then when I saw them on the uh, Hollywood Palace when Diana Ross had hosted the show with Sammy Davis Jr., we mm-hmm. saw these guys like, whoa, man, you know, and the song. I want you back. Forget about it. That was uh-huh. one of the funkiest songs that you know came out at that time, because that's when we had Sly and the Family Stone, you know, and of course Jimi Hendrix, you know, and they was doing the psych soul thing. So Motown, of course, got to the act, you know, about a year before with Cloud Nine with the Temptations. So they decided to follow through, and Barry Gordy got these group of guys called the, you know the Corporation when Holland Dozier Holland was suing Motown. You know, he got a slew of people to come up with some, you know, some songs for this new group that he signed, you know. And um, one of the corporation guys was Willie Hutch, who did the soundtrack for the Mac. He was a singer, you know, himself, and he did the soundtrack for the Mac. 
So yeah, it's 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 uh it's quite a history with these guys. You know, they were the ones that were like you said earlier, they were iconic. They had really quelled the riots in the sixties because we finally had somebody that looked like us and that can adapt to everybody. Black, white, you know, a Hispanic, Asian, it made no difference with this this group. Everybody mm-hmm. loved the J five. You know, even wow. our parents, you know, because, you know, they were young and they weren't mm-hmm. adult. We had adult people we looked up to, but not really a kid group like this. And they were like our Beatles. They they took the world by storm. I hate to keep throwing the Beatles in there, but they took the world by storm. There's no question about it. <laughs> now, hey, Q, I ask that question. You know you want to find something out. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Like... In terms of talent, did they all have talent, or was all of them, were they all kind of hanging off Michael? I believe each one did have a talent. I think every individual in that group had a talent. Randy was a good percussionist. Tito was a good guitarist. Jermaine was a good bassist and singer. Michael, of course, well, we could be here all night talking about Michael. Michael was, you should forget it, you know, I mean... And Marlon, of course, was, you know, a great dancer. You know, he became one of, you know, a great dancer. Um, so, yeah, each individual's, uh, each one of them were very talented, I believe, in their own way. Oh, I, I left out Jackie. Jackie was a good singer as well. So, you know, yes, I think individually they were great. You know, they had them, but just that Michael just was the leader. He mm-hmm. was the breadwinner. He was the leader. And that was that. You know, until they made J- uh, Jermaine a sex symbol about maybe a couple of years later. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they were. I love the way to interact between Michael and Jermaine when they played off each other in the, in the early songs. You know, with the love you save and you know I want you back and you know it was like the the switch leadoffs they called it. You know, and Michael was singing, Jermaine would come in and you know I love the interplay between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like to answer your question. Yeah, it, to me, individually, they were very talented. Okay. Okay. T. Mitch, I know you have questions as well. I don't. Man, there've been there've been so many there's been so many movies and and so many. Are, I think the question that that I have, I know we talked about the rivalry when we uh, when we spotlighted. The five stair steps. Mm-hmm. I think I, my my thing. Oh, here's my question. I know that there was an original group. Like they didn't just start as the Jackson Five. Like I know there was a group before that. I think of um, three of the brothers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it was the older ones. It was it was Tito, Jermaine, and um, Jackie. And okay. Marlon. So think, yeah, Mar- I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying no, I, I was going to ask, how did it, how did it grow from just well, those three to the two? So well, yeah, well, Marlon came in, and, you know, with Joe Jackson, you know, grooming him, and, well, I might as well say physically grooming him, um, you know, Marlon came in, and then Michael came a little bit, you know, he didn't lead, you know, he was more like on the sidelines at that time. They didn't know that Michael had the talent that he, you know, he, he had, you know, in him. So it was really, it was really three, four of them. It was really three of them, actually. 
you know, then came Marlon, and then came Michael. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of I have a lot of friends. You know, my age demographic doesn't like they don't they don't get that part. That mm-hmm. this wasn't just oh I got a lot of kids that talented. I'm gonna throw them all together. Like there was a a plan first. There was three, and then as the others grew up, they were able to to join the group. Right. Well, Michael was discovered. Well, of course, there was a movie done by them like 22 years ago that uh, the Jacksons produced with Joe and everything. You know, the Jacksons' American Dream. Uh, right. Basically, everything was true because they produced it. And of course, without Mr. Jackson talking about Michael uh, overseeing the script, that mm-hmm. you know that TV show wouldn't have been made because he had he had to. They had to send the script to him at the time, and my, uh, you know, to make corrections or whatever to, to agree with the story. It took Michael. Michael t- took some time with it, you know, to read the script. So then he, you know, he agreed to it and you know signed the agreement, of course, and they filmed the movie. And then the movie, you know, Michael sings a, you know, at a talent show, you know, uh-huh. climb every mountain, you know, from all uh, the sound of music. So. That's when they discovered this boy can sing. You know, I mean, he, this, this 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 little boy can sing. He can, you know, he can, you know, he can wobble. You know what I mean? So, you know, so um, yeah, yeah, you know. And after that, it was no turning back from there. You know, and then like we, you know, we said Joe was grooming him, and he had him in bars. He had him, you know, where they had school the next day. He had him in strip joints. You know, anywhere they can just get, you know, uh, attention and notice, shopping malls, everywhere. Joe had them everywhere. You know, any place they can, you know, be on. Which led them up to the talent shows at the Regal in Chicago in 67, 68, where they appeared with Jackie Wilson and and Linda Jones and people like that who were on the bill. Um, You know, that's where their success began. Because they kept winning, you know, and they was doing Joe Tech songs, of course, James Brown. And uh, who was Michael's idol, and um, it just went from there, you know. And then it got discovered in '68 by Bobby Taylor, who was with the group Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's, who was signed to Motown. He had a song called "Does Your Mama Know About Me." And Bobby Taylor, you know, uh, actually it was Gladys Knight who tried to call Motown. They paid her no mind. Then Bobby saw them on there. He said, "Man, I'm taking you guys to Detroit." And so when they couldn't get Barry's attention. Then he made this homemade movie. This is the famous one that you probably see on YouTube. You've seen in all the TV shows that was produced by the, you know, by the Jacksons or stories on the Jacksons, where this grainy film of Michael doing James Brown, you know, at the age of ten. Well, he was supposed to be eight at the time, publicity-wise, and they made him younger, but he was really ten years old, you know. And he's doing James Brown, and they're performing. Bobby Taylor is the one responsible for that grainy black and white film that you see them do, you know, various songs, you know, to audition for Motown. Wow. And it took him to fly that, you know, uh, to Barry. I think it was Barry's niece, Iris Gordy. She was the one that got the film to Barry. Because Barry didn't want to really deal with any, any kid acts. He already was dealing with Stevie Wonder. And, you know, they couldn't overwork because of the child labor laws. You know, the Jackie Cooper right. laws. You know. So, from there on, Barry loved him. And he, the rest is history. Wow. There you go, Q. That was, that was the tidbit you were looking for. 
You know it was. <laughs> That's that part that, that most people don't know. Wow. That was it right there. Wow. Now, I could listen to the Chancellor go all day, but T. Mitch is determined to play a Jackson 5 song. I don't know why. I feel like because it, 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 it brings it all together. Like, when we hear those those hidden gems and those tidbits of information that the Chancellor gives us, and then you play that song that he says, like, when he says, like, I want you back, there was, that, there was no sound like that. That was the funky song. And then we say, okay, we're going to play it. It take everybody back to that moment the first time they heard the song. Mm. It goes hand in hand. It's a beautiful thing. So this is what we're going to do. And we normally don't do this because humans are, like, griping and complaining when we do it. <laughs> I'm playing four songs. Oh, come on. I'm playing four songs. And we're going to come back. And we're going we to we get, we got some more questions. If you have any questions in the chat room, give them to us in the chat room. Hit us on Twitter at the Neo Soul Show. If you have any questions, we'll give you some time to come up with your questions. And we are going to play tidbits of I Want You Back, Who's Loving You, ABC, and The Love You Save. The Neo Soul Show will be right back, no matter what the Q-Man says. <laughs>
that that didn't hurt you. That that didn't hurt one bit. <laughs> Four classic songs from the Jackson Five. We are back. It's the Neil Soul Show. I'm, I'm I go by the name T Mitch. He's the Q Man. We are joined by the Chancellor Soul Mike Bone. If you just joined us, it's the Wednesday Rewind, and we are spotlighting the Jackson Five. Yeah. Great classic there. You know, I mean, this, everything they touched was gold. You know, especially with the uh, starting with I Want You Back. And, uh, oh, man. You know, and then when they, and, you know, and after that was they, oh, well, Who's Loving You? B-side of that. You know, that uh, was written by Smokey Robinson, of course, and they recorded that back in 61. And um, kind of overrode Smokey there. You know what I mean? And those. Everybody's saying that's like the best recorded version of that song, you know, which mm-hmm. I happen to agree. But I do like the original. I do like Smokey's version and the Miracles. But Michael, he's just, you know, he just he just took over the song, basically. He really stole the song from Smokey, you know what I mean? But some people agree or might disagree, you know. And, of course, ABC, that was like a flow, you know, uh, from I Want You Back to ABC. That was like a flow. If you listen to the music very carefully, that was a flow. You know, they just took, the music just kept going, kept going, you know. And, of course, they had to make the lyrics elementary because the J5 were kids. Well, two of them were kids. And three of the guys, of course, were near grown. But they were a kiddie act, you know, at the time. So, and uh, Love You Save, another flow. Music, same thing, you know. And uh, this is like making history because now we enter the 70s. And this is the West Coast uh, Funk type brothers. Goodbye, <laughs> uh, we've mentioned it because the Funk brothers were the East Coast guys, one of the greatest session players that ever on earth. Uh, these are the West Coast players because this time Barry Cordy had reloc- relocated to Los Angeles because that's where he wanted to make movies and things. So the J Five had to pick, pack up and leave and go to Los Angeles, you know. And some, you know, some of the brothers stayed with Barry, and of course Michael stayed with Diana Ross, you know, and uh, to groom them. So yeah, um, they had, I'm sorry, go right ahead. Was she messing with him? With Michael? Yes. Ah, uh, you mean as, as when, it, when Michael was grown, of course. <laughs> right, you talking about that, right? Mm. You mean like with like around the late seventies, eighties, or whatever? Yeah. No, I don't believe that. I believe Michael had a fascination with Diana Ross. He always did as a kid. He was mm-hmm. infatuated by her. You know, I don't. I think Diana was kind of like the big sister to Michael. I don't mm-hmm. think it was uh, any hanky panky. You never know. You never know. Maybe a new book coming out where they probably, you know, would say, yeah, there was some kind of, you know, some insider in, in Motown would say, yeah, there was some, you know, little pat here and pat there, but. I don't really believe that. I just believe Diana Ross was like a big sister, and she just took them as brothers and okay. family and just groomed them, helped, you know, shape them. And, of course, the Diana Ross album, the first album of Diana Ross presents the Jackson 5, of course, you know, they had to use that for publicity because Diana Ross was like the biggest star in the world at that time, the Supremes. And this mm-hmm. was she was getting ready to exit out of Supremes, you know, for Supremes to go solo. So Barry was grooming her and grooming her to become this actress that she wanted to become, and what she became, actually, you know. So um, it was all about basically Diana, but then at the same time, he had these brothers, you know. And so uh, he told the corporation, 
I want nothing but number one cuts from these guys. You know, you write some songs for that, that would, you know, be tailor-made for them. And by the way, mm-hmm. I Want You Back was originally written for Gladys Knight and the Pips. Uh. It was supposed to have been the ones to record that. It was for them. Wow. And Barry, yeah, Barry said, well, I got, I just signed these brothers, so why don't you, um, you know, tailor the song around them? So they had to change the lyrics, you know, to make it kind of sort of elementary, but not elementary. You know, and of course, the baby, old oh, baby, give me one more chance. Barry added his lyric to that and said, you know, this guy's got to be, he's got to, he's sorry for what he's did. You know, he, he wants her back. So why don't you just let, her, let him chant, oh, baby, give me one more chance, you know. Because Barry Gordy was a songwriter. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know he was a songwriter. He was a great songwriter because he wrote for Jackie Wilson, you know. So, um, you know, he added to the corporation some of his ideas. And that's how these songs were born, you know. And, uh, of course, The Love You Save, I love, you know, the play and lyrics. When they said, Isaac said he kissed you beneath the apple tree. He was talking about Sir Isaac Newton, of course. When hmm. Benji held your hand, he felt electricity, Benjamin Franklin. When Alexander <laughs> called you, he said he rang his chimes, Alexander Graham Bell. Christopher discovered you're way ahead of your time. That's Christopher Columbus. So they was using their first names as boys that this fast girl was, you know, chasing. But a lot of people didn't know, you know, the, the interplay with the lyrics. Wow. Q, I'm betting you didn't even catch that. No, not at all. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Get me yeah, you got a question? You got a question, Q? I got, I got a question before we jump into uh, the rest of the songs. No, go for it, man. Okay. So we played a lot of the songs from, the you know, the younger installment of the group. So mm-hmm. as they get older, Michael really starts, you know, coming into his own. He hasn't broken off into the stratosphere yet. Right. But he's, he's beginning to really come into his own. How would you say that the music changed from, you know, the first album where it's Diana Ross is, you know, introducing them and kind of giving them the stage to the full-fledged Jackson 5 that, that we would see as, like, older teenagers? Well, of course, you know, when they started, Michael was little, Marlon was little, Jermaine was a teen, Jackie was coming, he was like in his late teens, and so was Tito. So as the time progressed, you know, they wanted more. They didn't want to be just classified as, you know, a a, a kiddie act. They were growing Mm -hmm. up, you know, and of course, they had to get search for material that, you know, suited them, not only suited them, but that was adults, so adults can accept them. You know, it's basically a market ploy, too. Um, I would say, yeah, the music did change. It it had to change. Uh, They had to go from I Want You Back to Dancing Machine. Of course, Michael was getting big. He was growing. And his voice was changing. So they Mm -hmm. had to get material that was suited for Michael's voice, like Dancing Machine, uh, get it together. That's when we really discovered Michael's voice changed. Because the first time Mm -hmm. I heard Get It Together, I said, wait a minute, this kid's voice is really, you know, He's changed, you know, it's maturing. And uh, because the year before he had got, two years before he had got to be there, he had did his first solo album, which is a masterpiece. I advise everybody, if they don't have it, get it on CD. Um, of course, that and Ben, you know, from the movie Ben, um, up to 1973, that's where Michael was starting to grow. As you saw physically, he was starting to grow 
just as tall as as, as, as uh, Jackie. You know, uh, if you look at some of the albums, Michael grew and his voice grew. So yeah, they had to get songwriters like Hal Davis and guys like that. Clifton Davis, who wrote "Never Could Say Goodbye," that's the same guy that was an Amen. Uh, that's my mama. Uh, and you know stuff like material to mature material and mature lyrics, you know to grow with them. So yeah, the, you know, and um, of course they had different musicians, you know, to play with them. You know, the great Jack James Gaston on drums. Uh, it's so many, you know. So yeah, it, it, it yeah they, they they had to get material suited for their growth, sort of so to speak. Okay. All right, Kilo. We got less than we got less than eight minutes left on the show, and I am not going to be crucified for not playing two of these songs that we have left. So oh I need to God. I need to jump I need to jump back into the music real quick. We'll come right back. I know you got a question that you want to ask Mike Bone before we get out of here. So I'm I'm just taking over real quick. I'm not even going to say the two songs. I'm going to play the two songs. Y'all going to know them when you hear them. Send me on social. We'll be right back.
Joe, again, painless, did not hurt, classic songs that everybody knows and loves. We are back to Neil Soul Show, less than five minutes, we have a chance for us all, Mike Boone, we've been spotlighting the Jackson 5, Q, go ahead, what do you want to know before we get out of here? Whose decision was it for Mike to finally leave the group and go solo? His. His. He wanted to do his own thing. And basically, he had so much music in his head, you know, he wanted to do his own thing. You know, uh, he wanted to venture, you know. And every man's, you know, destiny is around the corner if you don't take that chance. So Michael, you know, wanted to move away from his brothers and do his own thing. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, I mean, and that's when he got with infamous Quincy Jones. And the rest is history. I guess it's another show, too. <laughs> yeah. Did the family want him to leave? I'm sorry? The rest of them. Did the rest of the group want They didn't want him to go solo, did they? Well, they didn't mind as long as he stayed in the group. But mm-hmm. they, I don't think they, they didn't know how Michael, like you said earlier, would go through the stratosphere like he did. You know, they figured, okay, Michael will make this solo, and then he'll be back with the group. But Michael was so talented. He was just, I mean, there's too many words to describe Michael Jackson. It's just, he just took off. After mm-hmm. Off the Wall, when they signed with Epic in 76, and they made the Jacksons records, like Enjoy Yourself and Going Places and stuff, Michael basically had music in his head. He wanted to get it out, and he wanted a, a top producer to produce him. And that's when he went and got Quincy Jones. Quincy was a little hesitant, but then he brought the keys down to Michael's voice and got and don't stop till you get enough. Boom. And that's it. Mm. The rest is history. You know? And I want to mention also, during the Jackson 5 era, there was a new Afrocentric uh, magazine that came out just for teens. It was called Right On Magazine. And the Jackson 5 mm. were the first features, you know, the first group to be featured in the front cover. And of course the event you know, the birth of Soul Train. So Wow. Throw that in, you know. <laughs> mm. Always amazing, man. <laughs> wow. He's never disappointed. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Oh, man. An- another fantastic show. I'm, I'm speechless, T-Rich. Yeah, yeah, as always. I see Mike has that ability to just leave you with a nugget that just message just stops your whole train of thought. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely yeah. enjoyed this. I, I I really, really, really enjoyed this one and I'm I'm like you, I'm not speechless, but I love the background information that, you know, even though the stuff we don't know, like who the songs were originally written for and who actually wrote them, like for anybody else, those of us, you know, that watched Amen, like, to know these characters that are being mentioned as songwriters, like, this is just amazing. I love the music. Absolutely love the music. To this day, I actually am going to go find that anthology album in my home somewhere, and I'm going to just play this music until I go to bed. <laughs> yep, they were, they were one of a kind, I tell you, one of my heroes, you know, and I'm glad, I'm glad I grew up in an era when they were out to really enjoy them and and like everybody else, hanging their posters in the, in the wall, in our walls and so forth, you know. Along with Bernard Stannis and all the rest of them. But, you know, the J5 was up there as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, another great show. Booney, you're, you're the best, man. We appreciate you spending time with us again tonight, man. Oh, thank you. It's always a pleasure, man, hanging out with you guys, man. I love this show, and I love 
will be done for the past near year, you know. So, absolutely. It's been great, man. Well, we look forward to having you on again next month, man. Yes, and uh, that's right. Absolutely. And uh, we won't be uh, doing anything till next month. That's right. I just want to wish you, you guys, a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all the listeners out there as well, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. Please be safe on the holidays, you know, everybody. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Thanks, Booney, and happy holidays to you, man. Yeah, happy holidays to you too, Mike. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless everyone, and I'll see you next month. Take care, Booney. You too. The Chancellor of Soul. All right, kids, let's do what we do, man. Let's get out there and get closer to Christmas. Hey, another great show, man. We'll be back next week when we will try to do better. For T. Mitch and myself and the rest of the XWL family. Until then, take care and we're out of here. Good night, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.